Good morning, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. I am happy to be in front of you again and uh, share God's word. I have come here several times, but it's always different. Different audiences, uh, meeting one or two friends, uh, people who have been around. But um, <clears throat> I'm glad uh, this morning excuse me, to bring uh, God's word to us. Um, just before I start, let me encourage you to take a Kairos course. Did you hear Kairos? What does that mean, really? What is it? Kairos is a Greek word meaning opportune time. Alright? For long, Africans we have been recipients of blessings. To date, we still go for loans yeah, to develop ourselves. Sort of, we are so dependent on others. On the rest. We, the gospel was brought to us. Right? We receive more than we give. Is that true? It's high time that we, we learn to be a blessing. We learn to give. So Kairos helps you to appreciate that as Africans, as Kenyans, we can bless others with the gospel. Praise the Lord. Can bless others. Much I'm, I'm a head facilitator of the Kairos course. Coincidentally, I'm so so I'm happy, so happy to hear that Kairos course is happening in Jacob once again. Read with me, go with me to the book of Psalm 119. Psalm 119, and we read from verse number 97. Say Amen. Do you have the Bible's church? Alright, it could be digital, it could be hard copy, but do you have the Bible? Alright. Um, for your information, the chapter we are going to read from, 119 of Psalms, is the longest of the 150 Psalms that we have. It's written, or rather its focus is to exalt the word of God. The psalmist wrote this verse to point us to the importance and the, uh, um, yeah, the importance of the word of God. So here is what the psalmist says of the word of God. Oh, how I love your law! Exclamation. You see that? Yes, I meditate on it all day, all the day. It's my meditation all the day. What is that? Yes, let me read what I have. Oh, how I love you, Lord. It's my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged. Do you hear that? I understand more than the aged. You know, understanding and wisdom come with age. But listen to the psalmist. He says, I understand more than the aged. Is that possible? Yes. For I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside 
from your rulers, for you have taught me. Let me say this, the verse that we focus on today. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth, I repeat. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every evil way. Let's read back the pages to Psalm 19. Same book, Psalm 19. Now, not 119, but 19. Sweeter also than honey and honey from the cobs or the dew. 
GPs of the honeycomb. Um, the, the great man, Samson, at one point, you know, he had enemies. He was a deliverer. He was raised as a deliverer by the Lord to deliver and rescue the people of Israel from the hand, the oppressive hand of the Philistines. Why had they come under oppression by the enemy? Because they had departed from the law of God. Nonetheless, Solomon and Samson, a very strong man, supernaturally strong. At one point he killed a lion. Do you know that? Samson the Great. Do you remember those stories from Sunday school? Oh, tearing the lion with his bare hands, the power of God. He killed the lion. And, uh, you know, he went, he had a girlfriend. His name was the lion, right? And uh, he killed the lion and all that and all that. Um, God would orchestrate circumstances where Samson would rise up and the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him and would kill the enemies of Israel, rescuing his people. So at this one point he kills the lions and goes his way, then on his way back he finds uh, some bees in the carcass of the lion. And he tastes and it's very sweet. Right? And then he, he forms a riddle out of that. He forms a riddle out of that. And he goes and, you know, in those days, they used to pose riddles to each other, to test each other's wisdom and knowledge and ability to, you know, you forgot that. We forgot about riddles, eh? But in those days, they used to do that. So he uh, frames a riddle and asks the Philistines, and he tells them to interpret his riddles and all that. Anyway, the story goes that um, uh, Delilah pesters Samson, you know, these guys could not, the Philistine men could not get the meaning of that riddle. Alright? Out of the eater comes what is eaten. And out of the strong, something else. Judges, the book of Judges. Eh? And in the Judges 14 18, um, you know, they couldn't get that. And later, Mr. Samson and says, you don't love me. How can you say you love me and you haven't told me the meaning of the riddle, how to interpret that riddle? And of course, when he tells her, she goes and tells the Philistines, and the Philistines tell him the answer. What is sweeter than honey? Alright? And what is stronger than a lion? And Samson tells her, if you had, had you not plowed with my Okay, with my ox or something like that. You would not have known that. You know what it means. Eh? You played with my girlfriend. That's why you got to know the riddle. It's not that your eyes. Nonetheless, this is the question. What is sweeter than honey? Friends, I want to tell you that there's something sweeter than honey. The word of God. The word of God talks about itself. The psalmist David says, sweeter also than honey and honey from the combs. But I don't know your experience of the Word of God. I don't know whether you can say that the Word of God is sweeter than honey. Earlier on, his son he said, uh, there was a Kamawalizi, Wangodiyari Wasubuni, Nafsiyangu Yakutamani. This is a psalm, by the way, we sang a psalm. Okay? Eh? Now, 
kama kuliko walinzi wa ngojavi ya asubuhi nafsi yangu ya ya kumoja ya kutamani friends is that the reality or are we singing some nice songs is it true that your soul longs for god more than the watchmen wait for the morning do you know that they wait for the morning help me was i never been watching but those guys i this i i agree they really long for the morning especially when it's cold they are waiting how they can't wait to go home, you know yeah um there's a singer a contemporary singer kenyan Michael Evans Timam anasema kama kamagera angojavi ukaashi angalau you know you know kamagera nani makangas you know manambas wale wasiona pale jengo atakuimba pale kwa barabara ende chao 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 they are waiting for the next car to come so that the jaza people will get what temple this is contemporary Scripture says sweeter than honey. Uh, the scripture says how I long my soul longs for you oh God. And the question is this. Does your soul long for God? Do you your experience of the word of God is it can you say truly truly that the word of God is sweeter to me than honey and honey from the combs? When I was a young Christian my engagement with the bible was rather sporadic and unguided i know you can identify with me you know you open the bible and the part you open is where god is saying you to read telling you to read right do you do you relate to that can you relate okay i used to do that but then thank god many times uh, um, with passage of days i was guided on how to read the word of god i was told this that the word of god is not different from any other book okay it's a literary book you can open the word of god you okay you can't open the word of god arbitrarily and think this is what god is saying to me today and judas hung himself okay you open a better place and he says so do you likewise So do you go and yourself? <laughs> All right? You know those interpretations of the Bible, see you know, Funny interpretations of the Bible. Why? Because we take it like just a strange book. I'm here to tell you, it's not a strange book. It's, a, it's not fiction, it's truth. It's a reality book, okay? Uh, but please, friends, we have to change how we, uh, how we approach the Word of God. Are we together? We need to change our approach to the word of God. Why David says it's sweeter than honey. Now if you know something is sweeter than honey, you will go there with relish. You will go to it with this desire. God, what have you to say to me today? God, you have something for me today. Alright? So thank God, because of friends and brethren, I was disciple to love the word of God, to cherish the word of God, to know its worth, to know its importance. To know its place in my life as a Christian. And my prayer as we speak this is that you, you will have this, um, this beautiful view of the word of God. Let me read something that is contained in your, I know again. At some point you must have interacted with that small Bible, the blue Bible. 
by the Gideons. Anyone who has it like that, a small New Testament Bible? Anyone who has it here in Christ? Okay, now we, we operate on the phone, right? We have like 10 Bible apps eh, on the phone. Anyway, that, when I was growing up, that was common. The Gideons would come and give us those Bibles. Eh? Very nice pocket Bibles. Now, here is uh, Dale Orton penned these words regarding the Bible introducing the Bible for us. The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise. Did you read that in scripture? I am wiser than the aged. It agrees. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. Practice, practice it to be, uh, to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It's the traveler's map. It's the pilgrim's staff. It's the pilot's compass. It's the soldier's sword and the Christian charter. Here, too, heaven is opened and the gates of hell disclosed. Can I make a rejoinder there? If there is something the devil does, rather he's very good at, is make you believe he does not exist. Alright? And if he exists, he's called non-consequential, whether you believe in him or not. He's not even involved in your life. And the truth is, he's your enemy. Okay? He covers up. He's, a, he's good. A master at cover up. Master at cover up. So you don't believe in the devil. You don't believe in his work. You don't care. Right? In the word of God, the gates of hell are destroyed. What does that mean? We are shown his works. And we are told for this reason. The Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of Satan. When you look around, you will see the works of Satan. Christ is its grand subject. Our good is design, and the glory of God is its end. Did you hear that? Christ is, uh, is its grand subject. Our good is design, and the glory of God is end. Let me mention this. When Jesus came and lived with his disciples for how many years? Three and a half years, isn't it? From the inauguration of his ministry. Walked with them, discipled them, and all that. Somehow they did not understand who this person is that they were following. You know? They didn't understand really. And Jesus, towards the end, towards the climax of his ministry, asked them, who do people say that I am? And they say, oh, some say you are Elijah. Others say you are, uh, you are one of those great prophets. Blah, blah, blah. All right. But who do you say that I am? Jesus poses the questions to his close friend. And he says, and none of them speaks but Brother Peter, Apostle Peter. You know, you know the kind of personality Peter was, eh? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, 
Peter, but John, the son of John. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Alright? Then soon afterwards, when Jesus reveals that he's going to die, he's going to be killed for the sake of the world, Peter takes Jesus aside and says, he rebukes him. Peter rebukes the Lord. <laughs> it can't be, Jesus, this can't be. How? No, no way. How can you die? And then Jesus tells him, get behind me. Get behind me. Satan, for you are not thoughtful of the things of God, but the things of... Do you know what? It was in the mind of God, in the plan of God, that Jesus would die to save him. Anything that comes in between to hinder that purpose, Jesus saw as the work of Satan. This is his friend. I said, get behind me, Satan. Satan. <laughs> for you are not mindful of the things of God. What are we saying? The Bible, the message of the Bible points to Christ. Either Old Testament, New Testament, all of them points to Christ. And let me, let me continue. When Jesus died and rose again, you know, they didn't understand. They were discouraged. Some of them went back fishing. They said, I go back fishing. Wakaacha kukua fishers of men, the ones they had become after they followed Jesus. They went back to fishing fish. Jesus came and said, children, have you caught anything? And said, you know, now they resurrected from He said, Lord, we've caught nothing. He says, cast your nets on the right side of the, of the boat. And then they realized, ah, it's him. It's him, you know. The two disciples on the road to a mouse, Jesus appears and, and asks him, your name is God. And then they ask him, are you the only stranger in Israel? Haven't you heard what has happened? They killed Jesus. They made him on the cross. Now we are afraid. We don't know what, you know. And Jesus, and they, they walked. They walked on the road to a mouse. Then at some point they broke bread. See, you know? And their eyes saw. Why not our heart's body? when he was speaking to us. Do you know what? After resurrection, Jesus opened the disciples. He opened scriptures. He opened the Bible. And proved to them that the prophets, the law, the prophets, the Psalms, they all speak about him. We connect this with sweeter than honey and honey from the corn. You get it? Scriptures about Christ. Scripture is about our good. It's a love letter that God has given to you and I so that we can read. You know, did you write love letters in high school? I don't know, you don't no longer write letters. Eh? I, I, at least I received one and I, I did a reply. <laughs> <laughs> Only one. I know some of you may have received many, but I think, you know those days, letters, I'm quite upset. What's up like when you come that day? You know, and I, I remember eh, we went for a symposium and this girl wrote a letter to me later at a symposium, you know. And you feel nice, I, I felt nice. I, at least, you know, I have made a friend. And I will respond and say, you know, yeah, thank you so much. It was good interacting with you, blah, blah, blah. Now, God has given a love letter to us friends. The Bible is a love letter, showing us how much he loves us, explaining to, to us how he wants us to live right so that we can enjoy life in him eternally. But unfortunately, 
because we don't treasure it. We miss something from a lot. Remember we said it's a traveler's map. It's the one to guide our journey. It's the one to show us what we ought to do. Listen to the psalmist. I have more wisdom than my than the aged. I have more understanding than my teachers. That's the psalmist writing this. Do you believe that is possible? To have more understanding and more wisdom than your teachers? It's possible. Jesus at the age of 12, he was sitting, discussing and asking questions to the teachers of the law. Can you imagine that? And they marveled. All of them marveled at the kind of insight that he had. But you know what? The father had done some good job. Joseph, the stepfather, had done some nice, nice job of bringing up this tree. Timothy, the apostle, Paul says, continue with the things that you have known and believed, knowing from whom you have learned them. Timothy had two wonderful women that really played a key role in his life. His grandmother, is it wise or is Who was the grandmother and who was the mother? You, one of the two. Eunice and Lois, they played a key role in shaping, in telling Timothy about the scriptures. As if all scripture is God breath. You know that scripture? All scripture is inspired by God and is helpful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, lacking no good thing. For every good work. Praise the Lord. It's our good, it's for our good friends. The word of God is for our good. When you read and you are rebuked, when you think you are walking in the right way, then the word of God says, no. Because the Bible tells us that. It tells, about, it tells you about your food folly and how to do away with folly. You understand? And God, I mean the glory of God is its end. All this is so that God can receive the glory that is due to him. It should fill the memory we led. It should um, rule the heart. It's not, a, it's not a matter of intellectual accent. Like knowing, yeah, I know about God, I know the Bible, I can quote scriptures. No, it's beyond that. It's supposed to rule your heart. For Jeremiah says this, the heart, is, the heart of man is sinful and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Who can know it? But only God who is able, through his word, to test your heart, to test your mind, and to take you to the right way. Hallelujah. Rule your heart. Let the word of God, Paul tells the Colossians, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Admonishing one another with psalms and, and hymns. Hallelujah. We sang hymns today, and we are reading the psalms. The command of God is that God's word will rule our hearts richly. Do you know what, friends? Jesus, our example, our apostle and high priest, Jesus, he knew the word. At least we encounter him at the temple at the age of prayer. Then we encounter him when he's just about to inaugurate his ministry and he goes into fasting. Can you imagine? The Lord of the, I mean the Lord of all. The one who bears all authority spends time in the wilderness fasting. When last did you fast? Do you remember the song? Come our Lindsay, Wangojavia, Subui, Nasiyamu, Yakumbaya. 
Can you say that in reality? That you wait for God. You have this hunger for God that you can even go without food so that you can spend time praying and reading His Word. Why? So not so much that your prayers can be answered, so that you can just spend time in the presence of God. Forty days and forty nights, he prayed and fasted, and after that, he was. I mean, when he was during that time, the devil came and tempted him. Do you know how he overcame? You, have you read how Jesus overcame and conquered Satan? Through the word. He says, it is written. Friends, the devil knows what is written. Do you know that? He knows the purpose and plan of God. And because he is the enemy of truth, he is the father of lies, he always comes and twists the truth. How much of truth do you have? How much of truth do you practice so that you are able to uh, overcome the devil? I know, friends, we live in a world full of temptations. But can I tell you, the good news that Jesus brought to us is that we can overcome sin. We can have power over sin. Just like the psalmist prayer says, uh, let not have dominion over me. Do you remember that scripture? Do you remember Psalm 19? He says, moreover, by them is your servant one, and in keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Let me tell you, friends, there are times you sin and you think you're doing the right thing, but you're sinning. And there are many times when you know that you're sinning, you know you are doing the wrong thing, and you go ahead and do it. You know what? We are supposed to examine our hearts so much in light of who God is and what He expects of us so that we can go to God and say, God, please show me. Show me the light. Am I doing the right thing? You see? Am I doing the right thing? What is the right thing to do? And God will always tell us. God will always show us. The psalmist says, Who can stand his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. There are those hidden faults. You know, you, you've run through the day, you have sinned, you're not aware of it. You have somebody, you didn't care. Yet the word of God says, When you go to pray and realize that your brother has something against you, what do you do? You leave that offering. Whatever it is you are doing, go back and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your offering. Did you know that in scripture? Did you know God cares how we treat one another? Or you don't care? Tit for tat disappear again. That's the way of the world. The way of scripture, the way of God, the way of truth is forgiveness. Seeking forgiveness so that we can be forgiven by our Father. Many of us, because we don't interact with scriptures, we somehow we know we are supposed to forgive, but the idea of forgiveness is so vague, we don't care about it. We follow the, the white, you know the white way that leads to hell? Everybody can pass, we can pass with your unforgiveness, with your bitterness, with all that. When we interact with the word of God, he is able to point out those things. He's able to remind you when you go to pray, tell him, ah, ah, remember. And you say, oh God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I wronged so and so. Tomorrow I'll go and say, I'm sorry. And you'll be reconciled. That's the good news. One and see you. Hallelujah. Uh, let me diverge uh, very much. This is, this is what he says. It is given you in life. It is a mind of wealth and a paradise of glory, a river of pleasure. It's given you in life. It will be opened at the judgment. 
and be remembered forever. What does it feel? Be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility. It rewards the greatest labor. And it will condemn all those who trifle with its sacred commands. Let me say this. Do you know two sons that were born to Jacob? No, to Isaac. Who are they? Who are they? Jacob and Esau. Do you know that the Bible describes Esau as a godless man? As a profane man? Do you know what he did? He went out, he was a hunter. He went out one day and found nothing. Right? Caught nothing. Hunted nothing. He comes to his brother and says, I am famished. Please give me some food, some soup. Alright? Jacob being who he is, a cunning guy from birth. You remember? We are Natoka, Anashika Muku, Anatoka Kwanu. You know that story, yeah? Uh, Jacob being who he is says, hey, you must give me your birthright first. Seriously? You know, Jacob knew the value of that blessing of being a firstborn son. Jacob, he, dis um, he despised that idea of being a firstborn and the responsibilities and the blessing that came with a firstborn. He says, what is this? What is being a firstborn? I am dying. You know the many, the way many of us can say, what is, what is uh, that favor that is being asked? I will fail my exam. I'm just giving an example. Okay? What is 50 ball? I will go, you have broken a traffic I mean, a traffic rule, and you know our country, right? You are told, let I get to you know, right? I'm giving relational examples of what is need. You say, I can give this 500. Why should I go to the court? You see, you sin in the first place, and then you understand, breaking the law is sin. And then to cover it up, I'm going to save your skin, you bribe another sin. That's what Esau did. And the Bible refers to him as a profane person who despised his birthright. And you know what the Bible says? Later on, when he sought to receive, to get back his birthright, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, for change of mind, even though he sought that for tears. You know that story. Friends, let's not be like Esau, who treat the word of God lightly. We know what the word of God says, yet we trifle with his sacred commands. He said, ah, I don't care. One day you will cry. I'm not a prophet of doom. I'm just saying, if you continue ignoring the word of God, ignoring his sacred commands, a day will come when you will have no, hakuna otherwise, there's no room for repentance. Remember that story of Lazarus and the rich man? You remember that story that Jesus gave? He sought, I mean, he said, Oh, Father Abraham, just, I mean, send Lazarus to just dip his finger in there, in the water, and cool my tongue. He says, Oh, sorry, there's a great cousin between us. No one from your side. It's like if there was a balcony on this side, you can't jump unless you defy the laws of gravity. You can't go there. You can't. There's, there's no way. And he says, oh, then send my brothers. I mean, send somebody to, to go and tell my brothers that hell is real. Hell is real. And he says, oh, they have Moses. They have the others. They have Kibaki. 
who is preaching and exhorting you to honor and cherish the word of God. If they can't listen to the living, even if somebody from the dead comes and says that hell is real, they won't listen. Here we are, friends, saying, let's honor the word of God. Let's cherish the word of God. Let's treasure the word of God. Uh, in the Bible we have metaphors, different metaphors that again talk about the same word of God. One of them is the sword of the spirit. Sword of the spirit. Ephesians 6 verse 17b. Alright? Paul, the apostle, having realized that we live in a, we live in, we, we are in constant warfare. The forces of darkness, they are preventing us from hearing and obeying the word of God. We live in a day and age where falsehood, lies, outright lies and philosophies and ideologies are strange from the word of God. They are peddled, they are spoken about so much and they become like the truth. You understand? They look like this is the truth. Can I give an example? You hear people say, marriage doesn't work. Love is a scam. Ever heard those phrases? Men are dogs. <laughs> Women are gold diggers. We hear it so much, peddled around in the media, and we think it's the truth. So you hope for one day to get married, but then you know men are, and you know women are what? After your man. And all those and they have there so spoken in the media and all that. And so somehow we come to something. They affect you in one way or another. Friends, what does the word of God say? Marriage is to be honored by God. And marriage bed and fire, isn't it? The word, of, the word of God talks about purity. How we ought to live in purity, sexual purity, purity of the mind, purity of the body, and all that. Yet in our day and age, TikTok, Facebook, X, Telegram, all these things, there's so much lies that are fed about there, and we think it's the truth. Somehow they affect us. You may be thinking they haven't affected you, they affect you. So it becomes so hard to live pure lives. But you know what, friends? If only we cherish the word of God. I'm, I'm looking so much. This, the bell to this sermon today is the application of the truth and the sweetness of the word. Eh? If you spend time and you have the exhortations that tell you, for oh, this is the first Thessalonians, for oh, this is the will of God, your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality. You know faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of truth. If you keep hearing that, you will always know when a temptation to commit sexual immorality or to be pure, through pornography or whatever, when that comes, you realize, oh, no, this is not the right thing. Do you understand? That acts like a plumber, a few, like a standard. This is true, this is not true. This is right, this is not right. You are able to distinguish between right and wrong. But if you are a foreigner to the word of God, everything will pass. Whatever comes, you will not even be able to filter what you are consuming uh, from the, the, the social media or and whatever media that you are getting around. How can a man, Psalm 119 verse 11 says, how can a young man keep his ways pure by taking heed according to your word. One has to hear. Back to Jesus. How did he overcome the devil? He knew the word and he rightly applied the word of God. The devil comes and says to him, it is written. Uh, I mean, if you are the son of God, listen, 
if you are the son of God. That's what you will do. Do you call yourself a Christian? If you really are a Christian, you will draw a temptation there. Alright? And it's upon you to know the word of God, to hide it in your heart and apply it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. One thing. Jesus one, Satan zero. The second temptation comes. He tells him what? Do you remember the temptation? Cast yourself. He tells him to a very high pinnacle. He says, throw yourself. Oh, it is written. Listen. Satan knows what is written. And it is written. He will give the angels charge. Again, quoting the Psalms. Alright? Satan quotes the Psalms. It is written, he will give his angels charge over you, lest you strike your foot against your I mean, against a stone. Jesus says, Satan, you shall not put the Lord your God to test. How many times do you put the Lord our God to test? God and Nigeria. Justifying a God that I forgive. Putting him to test. Alright? And the third one, bow down and worship him. I will give you all these kingdoms and their glories. You know the Bible refers to the devil as the God, small g, the God. <laughs> the God of this is not the God, the, the God of this is small g. Who's, he has blinded the eyes of those who don't believe so that they cannot see the beauty of Jesus Christ, the beauty of the glory of God in Christ so that they don't put their faith in God or in Christ and be saved. That's what the devil does. He blinds you. He, he consumes you with all this stuff. All the things that, you know, you know the battle that you have, isn't it? Notifications and, and all these things coming your way and you're like, I you can't concentrate. John Piper. Have you heard of John Piper? He's a pastor, an American pastor. He says, in that, those days we didn't have TikTok when he was saying this, but he says, Facebook and Twitter will be witnesses against us in heaven. That it's not that we didn't have time to read the word of God, but we didn't cherish it. We didn't think it's valuable. Do you know why? How much time do you spend on social media? And how versus vis-a-vis how much time you spend reading the word of God? That can tell whether you really cherish the word of God. That can tell what is important to you. And friends, it's my appeal. It's my appeal. If we know what's important, then let's abide by the rule. Let's abide by this which we call ancient words. In the, in the second service, I was just, just inspired to sing the chorus. Ancient words. You know, you know that scripture? That's from ancient words ever true. Changing me and changing you. They reason with God's own heart. Oh, happy ancient words in part. Right? Let me tell you, friends, and, and I'll finish with this. There are people who cherish the word of God. We read them in the word of God. David was one of them. Uh, Joshua was one of them. Mary and many others, Mary, who went and sat at the feet of Jesus until her sister is complaining. She knew what is important. Hearing every word that Jesus speaks. And the sister says, Lord, don't you care that my sister is just sitting here and I'm busy with serving? Alright? Serving is good. Serving God is good, friends. But there's something more important. Sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to what he has to say to us. Hallelujah. 
sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing his words and, and, and all that. Now, for us to have the Bible as it is, men have paid the cost. There are people who gave their lives for the sake of the word of God, to preserve the word of God, to preserve it so that you and I can have the word of God as it is. You know about the Nicene creeds. You know the creeds? I believe in one God. You know those creeds? People fought, people fought, people sat down and wrote, countering against heresies. Because remember, the devil is against God. He wants people to disbelieve in the word of God. People come up with heresies, countering the, the, the variability of the word of God, the reliability of the word of God. And men and women sat down, thought, used their heads, and thought, wrote, came together, used their resources to write what is true, write what is, you know. This book has faced many enemies. It has been banned. It is the most hated book as well as the most loved book, the most read book, as, the, as well as the book, book that is so much fought, even by governments, like the Chinese government. They realized the other day that they can no longer ban, they cannot, they cannot fight against the Bible. Do you know what they did now to twist its context, their contents? They, they have, they, we now have the Chinese Bible, the, the Chinese, the communist Bible. They have been edited it so that people can be there. They are targeting the children, not you. You and I will know. So they are targeting our children. Do you get it? William Tyndale. Perhaps you've heard about William Tyndale. He was banned. And many others were banned at the stakes because they believe the Bible can be translated. They, it can be translated into local languages so that we can hear it. Them days, it was used to be in only one language, Latin. And those who thought or entertained the thought that the Bible can be written in English, King James, you know, the ones who authorized the King James Version. You read a bit and you will see how this word has been preserved, how people have paid for it with dear lives to have the Bible for us. And the question I'm asking, friends, Will you continue teaching the word of God is like he saw in Yeah? Don't treat it with importance. My challenge to you today, this word will save you. This word will, will, will change your life. It has changed mine. It keeps changing lives. It keeps changing lives day after day. I am challenging you here. Take the word of God seriously. For you, the Christian, you who is a believer already, may God cause a revival in your heart, your relationship with the word of God to change for better. To say like the psalmist, your word is so sweet to me. When you say like Jeremiah, your word was found and I ate it. It was to my mouth sweeter than honey. We will spend time, we will create time, we will never have time. I know your students' exams are coming. I am a student as well. Okay, and exams are on the way, term papers, and you know all those things. Will you still read the word of God? Will you create time? Remember, it's not that you don't have time. It's only that you don't cherish it. You don't know its value, its importance to create time for it. For the non-believer, you are here and you have never met, uh, made this decision. Um, you, let me put it like this. You have never met the word. You know who is the word? Jesus himself. John 1 1. 
In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. You will not enjoy the Word. You will not enjoy the written Word, the Logos, if you have not met the person who is called the Word. It will be like playing guitar to the gods. You know that? Like trying to sing a song that nobody understands. I singing in Chinese or in my equal. And you are a weird, no, weird and people have some similarities. You are a pokot. Kikuyus and pokots have no relationship with the language. And I'm singing to you a nice song in Kikuyus. Will you understand? Will you appreciate? You can't. Let me tell you, friends, you're here. You have not given your life to Christ. You will only know, generally speaking, that the word of God is important. But you never get to that point of saying, how sweet your word is to me. How precious they are to me. And I want to throw a challenge to you. You're here, you're not born again. It has to start from somewhere. For you to live a victorious life that comes through the word of God, the sword of the spirit. When the enemy comes, you can draw the sword of the spirit with a firm grasp on it in your hand and you overcome. And you tell Satan, no more. You can't lie to me anymore. I know the truth. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What is the truth? The word of God. If you don't know the truth, you will not be set free. You will continue living in bondage, in sin, in the grapples of sin. Listen to what the psalmist says. May they not have dominion over me. Psalm 19. Remember? Those presumptuous sins, those willful sins, they have dominion. Sin in the Bible is personified. Sin is seen like a person. Lies to you, deceives you, and then when you are inside, you cannot save yourself. You need a savior. You need Jesus. Jesus is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I challenge you. If you're not a Christian, if you've never given your life to Christ, wherever you are, I thought this challenge you. You can bow down and call on Jesus. It's not a mistake that you came to this service today to hear about this. God has a purpose. You can bow down, and the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. It is with the heart that we believe, and with the mouth that we confess that Jesus is Lord, and we are saved. It's the scandal of grace. It's called the scandal of grace. Simple, yet profound. You cannot save yourself. We cannot save ourselves. It's mercy that God extends to us. It's love unexplainable that God extends to us. Let's bow down and pray. Father, we are so grateful that you've given us time to exhort one another regarding the value of scriptures, the importance of scriptures. In it, we learn that we can be saved and you have made a way for salvation. You died on the cross. In it, we read that Jesus, you came, lived a sinless life, died a perfect death, and on the third day, you rose again. And in your life, we are told that you are tempted just in every way, just as we are, yet you are without sin. And that's why you are able to save us. 
you are able you you became man you are able to sympathize with our weaknesses that's why you are our priest our high priest before god you intercede for us and i know jesus you still are interceding for a brother and a sister seated here who has never made that decision who has never responded to the gospel message your desire is that come 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 to me all you who are heavy laden all you who are burdened by sin and i will give you rest you only find rest in jesus and your word confirms that so i pray father for a brother and a sister here who is under the yoke of sin trying to save themselves making resources i won't see them more yet because he she has not encountered you keeps again falling under the dominion of sin and Satan. You came not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through you. And so Jesus, we thank you that you are here not condemning us, not for the sins we have committed, because you have the remedy for sin. You are here to embrace us. Embrace a brother, embrace a sister this morning. Let them be rejoicing in heaven because of a soul that turns back to you. If you are here, friends, and you have never given your life to Christ, I want you to make a prayer. Just so give you a moment wherever you are. I would ask you to come in front. Just open your mouth and speak to God and ask Him, God, I have ignored your words. I have trifled your word. I have been like Esau, who was profane, who treated what is sacred as if though it was common. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, and help me. Wash me. Oh God, we thank you. Salvation is in no other but in Jesus alone. Thank you for a brother. Thank you for a sister who is making this decision today. In science, you know every heart. You know every mind. You know every man. You are acquainted with all of us. You know us intimately. So Father, do your work. Holy Spirit, do your work. If you're your brother and sister and you made that prayer in your heart, we have CU members here, we have leaders. You can approach them, you can come to us at the end of the service and say, I want that relationship. I want to be a new man, a new creation. You're welcome. Jesus is welcoming you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you.